Nicole. Nicole was anxious to get the job done. Why Jerome had chosen this location was only too clear. It was cheap. But cheap for him meant more work for her. Sure, an old barn out in the boonies had some great things going for it. There were little chance of an upset neighbor calling the cops unless the cows were carrying cell phones these days. At that thought, she checked her reception. Nope, it didn't look like cell phone toting bovines would be a problem either. Nothing left to do but get the job done. She pulled out her tool belt and strapped it on. She put on her hard hat and grabbed a reel of wire. Just then the sky opened up and it began to pour. Nikki dashed into the barn. Great. The roof leaked. One thing her father had drilled into her head, juice and water don't mix. She switched on the lamp on her hard hat and grabbed a large flashlight from her belt. First things first, locate the fuse box. It was clear that Jerome had already been there. He taped out the location of the stage and hauled the light rigging in. Wonder if he knows how bad the roof is, Nikki thought as she looked up at the 8x8 joists. They could handle the rigging no problem. Just a matter of making sure there was enough jutes for the lights and the sound system. Nikki had been doing this job since her father had retired and moved back to his parents' place in Alabama. Truth was, years before he retired, she was doing most of the wire pulling. Her father was taking her to jobs since before she could remember. She had learned the basics by the age of eight. She could strip wire and slice better than her father by the age of ten. When Nikki was twelve, she saved his life with a two-by-four. Some idiot skipped grounding the outlet, and when her father went to unscrew the faceplate, he got hit with a jolt that locked him in place. Nikki used a handy two-by-four to knock him free. He suffered some burns, but no permanent damage. He always told Nikki, never do a job on her own. Most guys don't want to partner with a woman who'd been doing the job longer than them and knew the job better. Also, a partner met half the pay. Pete was going through her money fast enough without cutting it in half. Pete always said it was his due since he was her man. Her money belonged to him. He was always digging through her purse and searching out her money. Then he would go and smoke or drink it away, so she told him she had a partner and only handed over half. Her savings were slowly growing. Soon she would be able to take her baby and find a place of her own, leaving Pete and his loser friends behind. Nicole's musings were interrupted by a sound. It sounded like a sniff. At first she thought rats, but rats don't make sniffing noises. A cow? She didn't know if a cow made sniffing noises or not, but she was pretty sure a cow couldn't be up in the hayloft. Climbing the ladder to the hayloft, she found a young woman curled up in the back corner crying. When Nicole shined her flashlight on her, the young woman flinched. Her right eye was swollen and there was a cut on her cheekbone. Holy shit, Nicole exclaimed. Where's the fucker that did that to you? Gone. He's gone. You sure? Yes, he's not anywhere near here. You need ice on that. I got ice in the car. Come on downstairs where the light's better. Nicole grabbed the young woman's knapsack and went down the ladder. She put the knapsack down at the base of the ladder and dashed out to her car. 
From the trunk of her old Honda, she pulled the emergency kit and two camp chairs. The rain had thankfully stopped, and the sky was clearing. When she got back, the young woman was investigating the lighting rig. That's why I'm here. Jerome's hosting a big bash here in a couple of days. I need to check the juice and put in any new wiring. You won't be wanting to hang out here much longer if you're looking for peace and quiet. As soon as the guys get here, it's going to be a madhouse. As she talked, she popped the pack to start the chemical reaction and the ice pack going. You need to wrap it in something. You got a towel? The young woman pulled a torn shirt out of her knapsack and wrapped the ice pack. She gingerly applied it to her cheek and eye. You gave him what for, I hope, Nikki said as she scanned the woman for other injuries. The woman looked at Nicole and said, I'm fine, he's gone. He won't be bothering me or anyone else. Don't worry. Nicole shook her head and glanced at her watch. Time was moving too fast. It had taken her longer than she expected to get to the place and she hadn't even started the job yet. Soon she would have to go and get her baby from school. She couldn't trust Pete to remember or to be sober enough to do it. Shit. With no cell phone, she couldn't even ask her neighbor to get him. I've got to get this job done, she said. Sorry, I just don't have time to sit around. The young woman asked, what can I do to help? Let me see your shoes, Nicole demanded. Nuh-uh, no way, not in those you ain't. Those leather boots ain't going to do you any favors. You got any tennies? The young woman searched in her knapsack and pulled out a pair of red Converse. Now that's what I'm talking about. You put those on. Rubber insulates. Juice can't use you to get to the ground. Most important thing in this job. Now, let's go find the switch box. The work got done quickly and efficiently. Running the wire up to where the lights would be was much easier with two people. As they worked, they talked. So do you do this thing often? What, helping strangers or working parties? Working parties. I do it as often as possible. I'm not certified. Need schooling to do that. Need money to do the schooling thing. I've been saving up. Real soon I'm going to have enough so that I could get into school. My husband and I, we don't see eye to eye on priorities. I guess we never really did. I got involved with him when I was looking to do some living, spend some time with a wild boy. Found myself in trouble. He married me under protest. My father saw that he did the right thing by me. We all thought that he'd man up once the baby came, but he's still just hanging out on the corner, drinking, smoking, and telling lies. He spends money faster than I can make it. I work full-time, waiting tables, and then do the odd parties for some extra. He doesn't have a steady job. His so-called friends are even worse. I don't like them being around my baby. They ain't good role models. They're just a bunch of good-for-nothing thugs. But after two more jobs, I can book it out of town. I will have plenty for first and last on a new place and tuition at the community college. I should even have a few months' rent if I don't find work right away. I got it planned out. Soon, everything was squared away. Nicole packed everything back into the trunk of her Honda Civic. You want to ride into town, she asked the young woman. That would be great if it's not out of your way. Hop in. Nicole dropped the young woman off at a truck stop just off the interstate 
and went on into town to pick up her baby, Dominic, from preschool. She swung by Jerome's to pick up her pay and to tell him about the status. She warned him about the leaking roof. Nikki didn't mention the young woman. Nikki approached the apartment cautiously. Even in the stairwell, she could hear the ruckus. She wanted to make sure it was good noise and not bad noise before she took her baby in there. There was a shout of ovation. Good noise, but still puzzling. She bent down and picked Dominic up much against his wishes. At three, he decided he was a big boy and didn't like to be carried. Nikki shushed him and settled him firmly on her hip. As soon as she opened the door, the smell of beer, cigarettes, marijuana, and sweat swept over her. This was not good. Fifteen of Pete's friends filled their small living room. Some were lounging on the mismatched upholstery chairs and couch with their feet up on the coffee table. Others had dragged the metal and vinyl chairs from the kitchen and were perched on those. Still others were standing leaning against the wall. Everyone's attention was focused on the huge flat-screen TV that had been hung up on the wall that previously held family pictures, which were carelessly piled in the corner now. Pete and his best friend Jorge were sitting side by side, clenching the controllers as they controlled army men on the screen. Pete turned and smiled a wicked smile at Nicole as she entered the room. What kind of wife are you to have such an empty kitchen? All my friends are excited about this new present you bought me. Nicole's eyes widened in fear and dread. You think you could hide money from me, didn't you? At this, all the guys laughed. I found your little nest egg months ago. I was just waiting until there was enough to get what I needed. Now we're going to be the place to be. All my friends are going to want to hang out here. So you better start being a better wife and make us some food. Nikki whispered into Dominic's ear, Go, choose three toys, and pack your overnight bag. Only get what you can't live without, you understand? She put Dominic down and aloud told him to go and play in his room. Dominic nodded and hurried off to his room. Nicole went into the kitchen. The pantry had been raided. All the chips, crackers, and snack food were gone. She found some frozen pizza bites in the freezer and dumped them onto a cookie sheet and turned the oven on to preheat. While she waited for the oven, she went into Pete's in her room and pulled a sports bag out from on top the closet. It was a cheap nylon giveaway from when she was pregnant with Dominic. She put her jewelry box into the bottom of the bag. It was mostly costume junk, but some of it had sentimental value. Only because she convinced Pete that her mother's pearls were fake was she able to keep them. She added a couple of days' worth of clothes. After she put Dominic's baby book in the bag, she zipped it up. She wanted her mom and dad's old wedding picture, and the picture of everyone on Grandma's front porch for her 70th birthday. Those had been hanging in the living room. She went back into the kitchen. The oven was ready. She tossed in the pizza bites and set the timer. She pulled a block of welfare cheese out of the fridge and put it and a bottle of salsa in a big bowl and popped it in the microwave. 
After it beeped, she gave it a quick stir and headed into the living room. She put the cheese dip on the sidebar next to a mostly empty bag of Fritos. Putting on a pleasant smile, she said, Honey, Petey, I need to go to the grocery store. You're almost out of beer. There's pizza bites in the oven. Timer's all set. Nonchalantly, she picked up the stack of the picture frames and went into the bedroom. She was trembling as she pulled the pictures from the frames. Dominic startled her as he came into the room carrying his overnight bag, a SpongeBob SquarePants sleeping bag, and clutching the giraffe his Aunt Jess had knit for him when he was a newborn to his chest. Nicole put the picture she wanted into her Bible and slipped the Bible into the outside pocket of the sports bag. Carefully, she opened the window and put both of their bags, the sleeping bag, and the giraffe on the fire escape. She took Dominic's hand and led him back out, firmly closing the door behind her. She paused to ask the guys if there was anything special they were wanting, making a big show of a shopping list. They called out their special wants and she jotted them down, reminding Pete again about the pizza bites she headed out. Once in the hallway, Nicole scooped Dominic up, jogged to the stairwell, down the two flights, and around the corner to where she parked the car. Quickly, she got her baby belted into a seat and drove into the alley behind the apartment building. She parked the Honda next to the fire escape. Standing on the hood, she reached up and pulled the ladder down. Quietly, she scurried up the stairs to the landing outside their window. She crouched and listened. The game continued on. She could hear Pete's muffled cussing good-naturedly. She peeked into the room. The door was still closed. She slung her bag over her shoulder, shoved the giraffe down her shirt, and picked up the sleeping bag and Dominic's overnight bag in her left hand. She raced down the stairs. Once she reached the ladder, she tossed the bags and the sleeping bag onto the roof of her car and climbed down carefully. Tossing their bags and the sleeping bag into the back seat, she jumped into the car and stalled it in her rush to get going. Pausing for a moment to breathe, Nicole restarted the car and slowly drove out of the alley, heading towards the interstate. Without thinking, she adjusted her course, pulling up at the truck stop. Standing on the sidewalk outside the diner, with her knapsack in hand as if waiting for someone, was the young woman. Nicole rolled down the window and said, Change plans. I'm going to Birmingham tonight. You want to come? The young woman nodded and got into the car. After buckling her seatbelt, she said, That giraffe looks comfy.